hello and welcome to the BG podcast episode 217. Today we're wrapping up the week of, of September 18th, 2023. I'm Hannah Garcia and joining me is Bingham Group CEO AJ Bingham and Larry Holt, Economic Development Consultant with Bingham Group. Welcome to the show guys. Hello, hello. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. And so Thank you. Yeah, kicking it off, we'll go ahead and jump right into the NXP Chapter 380 agreement that was approved yesterday on the dais at Austin City Council. Yeah, well, let's ra- so just to wrap this up, you know, we've been talking about this the last several weeks, Hannah and I, and both, and also Larry and I, and I want to brought Larry back on just to give his thoughts on what this agreement means for the city of Austin now that it's passed unanimously, and, you know, what potentially is ahead. I think, at least in my, well, I have my thoughts, Larry, but I want to kick it over to you. Uh, this was a big deal, I think. You know, as we were talking about, this was like their, you know, the city of Austin's first approved incentive uh, in nearly six years. So uh, that certainly communicates a lot in terms of where the city of Austin is on their incentives policy. I think the thing we both noted was it was a unanimous vote as well. So uh, I think personally, I was. Um, really pleasantly surprised with how that went and uh, what I believe is a, a new era for Austin economic development tools. Mm-hmm. One that definitely includes community benefits. I mean, I think it goes this this one, this uh, hearing, the discussions around NXP's Chapter 380 provide a good roadmap for other companies in terms of what the city of Austin is looking for, at least at least as current council. And that goes beyond, I mean, there's there's the usual things, right? There is job creation, which is important for any city and the revenue thusly that's created. But, you know, in the case of the NXP application, and this was item 80 on the on the council agenda, we'll have a link to that in our show notes. You know, the city, the council, the city and NXP went back after the initial hearing with council um, and they heard they heard what council wanted. The council wanted to see community benefits around child care funding, both for NXP employees and uh, funding and access rather for NXP employees as well as for the Austin community. And this goes again, parallel to parallel to the affordable housing crisis that Mayor Watson ran on last year. Um, it's equally important, I think as many other members of council realize. And so, um, you know, but that's, it's whether any future companies are applying for economic development in Austin can choose to, to listen to that or not, but you can look at what the council was asking for and what you know several times and what they stated, Mayor Watson stated in his own words about what future applicants would be doing, you know, should be doing after NXP, and it's pretty clear. And it, you know, uh, childcare is it's not going to be the golden key to unlocking City of Austin uh, sign-offs, but it's definitely something we want to hear. If you don't do that, you're not even talking about that. You're kind of just you're. There's no real reason not to to include that if it's what if, you, if it's a stated thing what the council wants. Well, and the interesting thing there is, so the city of Austin at one point had a a fairly complex uh, CBA process on their community benefits agreement. What is CBA? That is a community benefits agreement. Gotcha. uh, Real popular tool in a lot of cities across the U.S. uh, where the, the city in exchange for some financial incentive is going to ask for you know, the things we talked about, like some type of childcare support, some type of worker training. Uh, it appears in this agreement, and probably worth noting that they did this through the Chapter 380 tool, uh, which is their most flexible tool, uh, that they just kind of work those community benefits in 
to the uh, agreement itself. So a really uh, creative and well-supported incentive for industry in this very important semiconductor industry, uh, which is going to allow NXP to leverage all sorts of federal dollars here as well. Mm -hmm. Now, as we talked about in our prior episode, you know, this was the city of Austin's approval of this incentive agreement was the key to unlocking the app or opening the application for the, the big, big dollars, relatively speaking, which is the federal federal money, the CHIPS Act. In the CHIPS Act, part of that, a part of any agreement or, or stipulation in the CHIPS Act is local communities or either state or local, so state and or local government have to be involved uh, in improving on these deals. And so, you know, and again, with NXP, they're a local company. They've, the corporation is the history in Austin stretches back 50 years to the Motorola days to, I remember visiting the Motorola campus in South Austin when I was in high school at GoJag Science Academy and to, you know, Freescale and now NXP. And I think I would say that the caveat with the NXP case is that, you know, they're unique set of factors in the fact is they are a local company, or at least they have two campuses that were going to be beneficiaries of this agreement. They're in Austin, right? And there's not that yeah, many companies that have, speaking. I mean, there are some others, but both their facilities are based in the city, um, which is relatively speaking, I think, unique. And they were turned down for a three thirteen as by the Austin Austin Independent School District School Board last December. That's and right. Noting exactly. as well, you know, we're breaking down this uh, kind of the you know, morning morning analysis, starting morning analysis, if you will. Um, you know, the only incumbent, the only stakeholders against this were Austin Interfaith, and that was both. They were also the main. The, the primary or the only opposition during the NXP's application for Chapter 313 last December with Austin ISD. And so I think a lot of the similar arguments are, well, different, there are different assertions that want to do more with school, school funding. But I think it goes to, if this, again, I think if, if this had been, I count, you know, two, three years ago, you know, there, there's been a shift, right, in terms of what council wants to see and what they, you know, and, I think not even, I mean, not that the arguments were made in good faith, but what they're, what they will lean more on. I think there's a time in the not too recent past where they wouldn't have gotten either, right? And so now we've had uh, chapter 313 kind of substantially rewritten. So, uh, as we spoke to, about uh, two episodes ago. That's right. I think. So we're yet to really see that applied in Austin, but. Uh, just the fact that Austin City Councils unanimously passed an incentive, even for uh, a company with with deep ties to the community, um, you certainly don't get the sense from some of the quotes that are out there that this will be the last. Oh no, uh, I, I doubt it will be. I doubt. I it think it's a great flag that you shared. That you know, what are the community benefits? Again, what is that narrative that the company is providing Austin as part of this? Um, and does it leverage other dollars, which has always been uh, a key thing for the city of Austin. Uh, but there's a lot of programs in the state of Texas. So, um, you know, in addition to what's taking place in Austin. But I think this is uh, I think this is exciting for the city. And, you know, what we talked about as well was just how big they are in the automotive industry. So uh, I think this will result in an additional push. Uh, for a lot of the huge EV investment that is taking place all throughout the U.S. Mm -hmm. Very good. I think uh, related to this as well, you know, I know Opportunity Austin is very much involved with this deal. And tying to that is rates of BM Group Opportunity. I want to give a shout out to Opportunity Austin's new CEO, which was also announced yesterday, uh, uh, 
not really, I don't think it was really, it was just the timing of it all, but Ed Latson, he is the former, now former, or soon to be former CEO. I know there's an interim period with Arma, but he is the outgoing CEO, put it their way of putting it, with the Austin Regional Manufacturers Association, which BM Group represents and NXP is a member of. But he'll be joining Opportunity Austin uh, or as the new CEO now. And so, you know, just it's a group that being said, Opportunity Austin is is the the magnet, right, that helps draw and, and get these deals done for the city. And it's great for the region, too. So uh, in addition, they've got a new strategic plan. Uh, that's, that's correct. Released. And so uh, really a, a big shift, I think, in the overall Austin ecosystem uh, in terms of what's happening for economic development. Ed Latson is a is a major hire. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sure uh, he's thrilled and I'm sure they're thrilled as well. And a hometown hire, too. I mean, I forgot. I think he went to McCallum, I believe. He'll correct me if I'm wrong on that, but I believe he went to McCallum. I believe so, so yes. yes. McCallum Knights. So to Judge Brown. That's a real Austin inside baseball high school. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. uh, well, Larry, thanks for your time. We're going to shift over to some other, some other parallel and as important items at council yesterday. But I think it might be worthwhile for us to come back on later and let's you and I talk, talk with the audience about Opportunity Austin in more in depth their recent uh, plan and uh, how that relates to economic development for the region. Yeah, that's a, that plan's a, a substantial shift. So I, I think a lot to talk about there as well. All right, Larry, thank you for your time. Bye, Thanks, Larry. Adrian. Thanks, Hannah. All right, turning back over to Hannah Garcia. Yeah, so yesterday we had a council meeting um, and luckily for council, it wasn't as hefty of an agenda because they did have a meeting the previous week. But definitely some really important items on there, including the NXP um, Chapter 380 approval, as well as stuff related to the Land Development Code. What's new in Land Development Code? Um, well, um, related to notification, um, if you followed the LDC um, rewrite back in, uh, what, 2018, 2019? Part three? The last most recent one? <laughs> yeah, pretty much all of the parts of it. One of the reasons um, these, this last one failed in 2020 was due to um, lack of notification for neighbors. Mm -hmm. Um, the city was going to change the, I think, pretty much every single zoning category mm -hmm. on that map. And a group of neighbors got together and argued that um, everyone needs notification, essentially. A judge agreed. And because of that, um, we did not get a land development code rewrite in 2020. Mm -hmm. But kind of in conjunction with that, our city council has agreed and publicly stated that we have an affordable housing crisis. And so because of that, they're going to try and essentially piecemeal our land development code. And so... Um, one of the next steps was to have hearings about these um, pretty substantial code changes. Well, these are the code changes that came out of this earlier this spring, right? Just like there were 10, I mean, there, there were a substantial amount of volume, rather, of resolutions that came out of this current council. I think there were probably some that were carried over from last fall, too. Yeah, yeah. But I would say, I think the most important thing was yesterday at their council meeting, council um, approved um, a joint hearing with Planning Commission on three specific code Okay. And so those three specific code amendments are going to be um, the tiny homes and RVs on um, single family lots, as well as um, this uh, oh, small lot. Yes, the minimum lot size requirement mm -hmm. being taken down, and then as well as eliminating the dwelling unit occupancy limit to residents. All right. So two of those are those first two is notable, right? Those first two, the latter two you mentioned were from Councilor Pool's right. office. The last one is from Councilmember Zocadri's office, I correct? I believe so, correct, yes. Right, so, all right, substantial weighty stuff. Those first, those latter two, right, former two, right, former two, um, you know, those are, you know, again, coming out of Pool's office, because we were Pool's office, right, again, a year ago, when I saw that one coming. And I think that's, 
that's what Pope Lee stated about people too. It's not, it was kind of a counter to the her perceived views in terms of neighborhood, quote unquote, neighborhood friendliness, if you will. Yeah, yeah. And so um, I think it's going to be really good that both the Planning Commission and Council are going to have a joint hearing on these, um, as they will change kind of a lot of um, the allowed uses and allowed density on a lot of these lots. So I think it's really important that Council and Planning Commission get on the same page. Um, and there's also, I think, the Planning Commission, because they focus specifically on um, development and approving um, a lot of these, you know, zoning changes and such before they get to council. I think they also have um, a certain level of expertise that those council members may not have, as well as the council members might have expertise that they don't have. So I think that's going to be really good, just kind of shaking hands and sharing information. Uh, that's that's what this city yeah. needs. So, I mean, it'll be interesting that we see. I mean, the count that because the planning commission are all appointees of council too. Correct, yes. So is the idea? Maybe this gets sussed out. I, I, I didn't read the item uh, documents right, but is the idea to to you hearing? Because normally the planning commission would hear a zoning case, they'd vote on it one way or another, or even no matter how they voted, it still goes to council. So is the idea to get it all done in one swoop? I believe so, yes. Um, uh, but following the hearing, the commission will hold its own hearing, and council will follow suit on on those proposals. They can do that concurrently. Yes. They're all on the same dais. Okay, we're ta we're gaveling out, we're gaveling in, we're gaveling out, we're gaveling in. Yeah, and I'll. I think one very important note is that. This, uh, what I understand, this has never been done um, in the city. So I think it'll be interesting. Uh, there's a lot of, um, I guess, logistical stuff to be sussed out mm -hmm. and how they're going to do it, um, as well as um, notification, because they have to send out a lot of notification related to these hearings. Because um, it's essentially the whole city that we're affecting. So, mm -hmm. um, but, you know, on the dais, we heard from Mr. Watson himself that uh, notification is top of mind. They don't care how much it costs. They want to make sure everyone in the city is notified. And if you all, if you don't get the Watson wire, um, we'll have a link to that in the show notes. That's Mayor Watson's e update or uh, email newsletter. Um, he's been, I think it's been pretty steady once a week, more or less. Or definitely, I mean, definitely, definitely on the big items they've been doing. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so notice, notice and communication top of mind for Mayor Watson. Yeah, and so that's the next step in, in land development code land. And I think we'll see a lot more stuff come out before the end of the year as they had those tight deadlines that they were trying to make. Um, there was a lot of questioning from the diocese as to why things were taking so long. Mm -hmm. And uh, that really lit a fire under um, this development services and um, land development code cabinet. So those are coming a lot quicker than we had expected, which hopefully will be great for the city. Yeah, oh, I can, uh, and again, I haven't read the full McKinsey report. Was this one of the recommendations in there? Yeah, probably more. It's probably more. That's probably more to a DSD or anything yeah, else, right? Yeah. Oh. yeah. Speaking of council rights, we have next council next meet next <laughs> meets next. I need some more coffee. Meets next October fifth, and from there through the end of the year, there are five more meetings left. I believe. Yeah, I believe so. Right. There's two in October. There'll be two in November. Um, maybe six more meetings left, and two in December. But yeah, it's, it's coming quickly. And I think for those who are new to council and watching City Hall, I mean, how it normally works, if something hasn't been handled or managed on the, on the dais or a clear view of it by, I would say, November, the odds of it, if it, if it gets bumped to that December agenda and it's a first reading thing, you might as well go ahead and start planning for February when they come back in, February or March, because if it, it's not going to happen. So if you have weight, if, if you have weight, weighty topics of any sort, you, you want to get it done before Thanksgiving. Yeah, and you know, with I think with um, all 
um, agendas or whatever you want to do by council council the ideas to get it um, started as quickly as you can mm -hmm. um, just because they're busy people we're busy people just in general as as people mm -hmm. are the beginning of this council though i mean this current council is they have been running meetings very efficiently and so yeah. even you know typically the last meeting of the year it's going to take forever not take forever wrong words it might run long like long long even longer than normal long means it you know last year um, but they are moving pretty speed as yeah, speed as they can. Yeah. I think it's more a matter of getting staff aligned yeah. with that. I would say because they're moving so quickly, it's important to you know have a seat at the table as a stakeholder. Um, you know, if you have anything that you believe is important and you want before council, I think it's you know definitely important to stay just in front of front mm. of mind and continue to advocate for whatever you need. All right, with that, anything else you want to add? Well, um, we've got a slightly less busy week ahead. There's not going to be a council meeting this week, but we will have an audit and finance committee on the 27th of September with um, a mobility committee on the 28th of September. And those are both committees of council, so we'll have council members back on the dais for that. Um, and then boards and commissions will have a parks and rec board meeting on the 25th at 6 p.m. and a planning commission meeting on the 26th at 6 p.m. That'll be the week ahead. All right. Well, stay stay tuned for agendas. We'll post those every Monday for the week ahead and on our social media. And other than that, Hannah, have a great day. Yeah. Everyone have a great day.